Welcome to Pitch Session. That's Pitch with a P. I'm Kirsten. I'm Andrew. It's a very special episode, Gabby. It is because we have a third host with us today. Our guest host, welcome to the pod, Miss Becca Main. There is literally no place I'd rather be right now. So thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Well, it's a big night and we decided we need to bring in an expert. <laughs> we need to bring in the big guns. Well, thank you. I can at least um, give a little uh, background on what it felt like to be in the room as the, the the selection committee has spent the last three days getting to this point that we're at right now. Very exciting. Well, my first question is, how do you decide who throws the dart to decide <laughs> who the at-large teams are? Like, is well, I wish I wish it was a dart. It is not a dart. It ends up being eight to nine hours of running ticks of teams against each other and checking the ticks. So it's actually very methodical and very analytical. And eventually you just pull names out of a hat. Is that what the resolution is at the end? <laughs> well, I certainly hope not. I mean, I heard Caitlin's podcast and she did not say anything about that. I did hope to see Andrew in the room there, though, tonight. Well, you know what? She did not take my call today, which I found to be very surprising. I called, I texted, I WhatsApp. I basically did a woof. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> It's yeah. a good reference. Okay. Here. Thank you. So we have the field of 18, um, and we will talk about that in just a second. Uh, real quick, we'll recap some of the conference championships, some of the upsets that happened. Um, I'll start, most importantly, with the one I got right and you got wrong, Kirsten. North Carolina mm. beat Duke Friday night. You love to start with when you're right and I'm wrong. I do. And so that's why that's that. So two zip Carolina punched the first ticket Friday night. Uh, Would not have called Duke. that game crisp. It, it was, was not as different. crisp as the first meeting. It was yeah. not as crisp, but it was still a good game. Um, and then uh, going around the country a little bit, St. Joe's won the A-10. Uh, Northwestern earlier today won the Big Ten tournament for just the second time in school history, which is Stunning. Saying something. It's saying something. It is. But they knocked off Maryland in double overtime after taking and missing about 4,000 corners. So many corners. It brings up our corner conversation from last week. It does. It really, I think it really throws it into perspective. I couldn't agree more. But the Big Ten tournament um, was an exciting, uh, it was an exciting collection of events. That's a great, was an exciting collection of events. <laughs> um, Miami of Ohio won the MAC. Not only did they win the field of uh, the Buckeye State Tournament, it looks like they're going to be the only team from the uh, Buckeye Tournament in the NCAA tournament. That's right. Yeah, because uh, I think we both had high hopes for App State, but they got knocked off by Kent State in the quickly. semis. So that was a uh, little bit of a letdown. A I mean, there were a few breaker. things we just we, you couldn't see coming in these conference tournaments. That's why it's so good. It true. Are you going alphabetically? Because uh, I feel like you missed a few big no, ones. I'm, I'm bouncing around. Would All you right. like to bring one up? No, 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 please. Go for it. Go for it. Well, I feel like if we go out off script, we're going to. I got them all here. I got them all here. Come on. Okay. I mean, should we talk about the biggest surprise of of the weekend with. I uh, think we should. Your University of California Golden Bears taking the The American Championship. What? Okay, Cal. Becca, Becca, I know you have a, you have something to say about this. I think Cal has been building up to this, and I also think Cal got some pretty amazing transfers this year, and those that just put them over the edge. But that came out of nowhere because UNH had a fantastic year, obviously in UMass Lowell. 
that was. I mean, we've been talking about Diet Massachusetts for weeks. I was going to say, I don't know who UMass Lowell is, but <laughs> Diet Massachusetts. I got to get my terminology correct. Yeah, I mean, well, I you were a fan. <laughs> oh, every minute of every episode. <laughs> um, American knocked off Lafayette, one zip. Uh, that game was scoreless for a long time. AU scored, kind of held on for dear life there at the end. Uh, and then another non-upset in the inaugural first annual Ivy League uh, championship. The host Harvard took it down. I mean, I think their opponent was a bit of a surprise. It was. Princeton knocked off Cornell uh, in the semifinal. That was 2-1, to one, I think. Does that sound Well, and right? if you were watching the game as I was, it was 2-1. to one, And Harvard scored in the last 35 seconds in a ball that literally, I don't know if anything better describes a trickle over the sideline or over the line. And they had, to, they had to review that to just make sure they saw some turf between the line and the ball. Um, so it was tight. One other upset, uh, William and Mary, uh, the three seed in the CAA, knocked off the Monmouth Hawks in the championship. As Becca uh, likes to call them Bill and Mare. That's right. Well, I've said William and Mare, we don't have to be so formal. <laughs> Bill, Bill, Bill is fine. He prefers Bill. Bill and Mare took him down. And I don't think anybody was expecting that. I don't think anybody was. No, I hope we're not distracting you, are we? <laughs> Me? Yeah. No, I'm all in. I'm focused. Oh, okay. Just checking. Um, and then we had one pretty big upset today in the Big East. We had our lone bid thief of Selection Sunday, mm-hmm. Old Dominion, knocking off Liberty, took away an at-large spot from somebody, and quite possibly the Ohio State Buckeyes. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's their first Big East championship ever. Um so it was a big day for ODU. Becca, you came from the Big East. What do you think about ODU? Uh, I'll tell you this. Maybe karma is a real thing because for three years, the Big East team that thought they should be getting in usually was Old Dominion. One year was Liberty. Doesn't get in. So it's very ironic that um, they end up being the bubble buster and knocking somebody out this year because that happened to them three of the last four years of the tournament. It all I comes mean, look back at that around. insight. Look at that insight here. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I feel like we, we've elevated ourselves tonight. <laughs> we absolutely have. You know what this reminds me of? When I was little, every now and then, I don't know how often it was, but the Price is Right would do these primetime specials, and Bob Barker would be in a tuxedo instead of his regular suit, and it like always seemed like so elevated. I feel like that's what this is. That It is. It's selection this night. Is, this is a primetime special. I mean, people can't see us, but we are sitting here in our tuxedos. Yeah, nobody yeah. knows I'm wearing a very chic um, evening gown. Uh, gown, yes, exactly. Yeah. And uh, But, Andrew, there's one we haven't discussed. One go conference left to go, and that's the conference you like to avoid, and it's the it Northeast is. Conference. It's actually a very yeah. big upset. It's that's a big was, Well, I, I was saving upset. it for last because uh, according to the pit session uh, historical annals, we believe a record has been broken, right? I'm 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 just putting it out there for somebody to prove us wrong, but I believe Sacred Heart is probably the lowest ranked team to ever make it into the NCAA field hockey tournament. So right now they're sitting, their RPI, they're sitting at number 59. So um they actually are now 57. They updated it after okay. today's games. So they did, before they were 60. Yeah, they they jumped two spots today. Um, and there were a couple of slight changes, and I was going to bring this up when we get to the 
at larges in the field. Syracuse did end up 12 and Ohio State 13. Obviously, Syracuse is very likely the last team in and and Ohio State the first team out. And and I don't, you know, Becca, you can talk about it. I don't, you know, it's not straight RPI, but Syracuse did end up one spot ahead of Ohio State in the final RPI. And in the KPI. They were like neck and neck in every category. So I think they were 12 and 13 in the KPI too. Yeah, but we also, there's eight different criteria. And I know Caitlin talked a little bit about this with you, but when you look at the Syracuse Ohio State and you use the eight pieces, which as a reminder is win percentage, strength of schedule, RPI, KPI, your common, how you did against common opponents, your head to head, your significant wins and losses, and then your last seven games. And when you go through and do that, Syracuse wins out on Ohio State by one. So it, it was Ooh. really tight and really close. And I think what did it was so good. Uh, it's so razor, razor. Yeah, it's so like, good. Syracuse has four more, has four significant wins. Ohio State only has two. And then Syracuse and Ohio State's significant losses are very, very similar. I mean, it was, I'm sure the committee had to go back and forth and do that three or four times. And they probably all broke out separately, all seven of them, and then came back with their choice at the end. But I, Syracuse would be what I would have gotten in the ticks also, even though I'm not in the room and doing the same process. Um, Syracuse wins just by like a narrow one tick, basically one. I, I wonder if that being so tight is why Caitlin couldn't take my call. <laughs> She's busy. Yeah. Well, I'm right, so, she had to go. She had to go analog this time around. This information wasn't just served <laughs> up on a platter for her from the NCAA. She that's had to get into point. the numbers. <laughs> I did. Into the nitty gritty. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the bracket, shall we? Because that's why we're here. So we will start with the four uh, seeded teams, the hosts. Not a huge surprise there. Um, North Carolina, the ACC I don't know, Andrew. Didn't somebody choose Harvard to host? I was admittedly being frisky. (laughs) Okay. I mean, that was like so frisky. It was like six down on the list frisky. I well, I thought we needed to balance it geographically a little bit. Well, no, we have to keep the first four people intact. So the first four play um, highest ranked have to stay intact unless they didn't put their bid into host, which I know that happened to Penn State a couple of years. They had a football game on the weekend. Penn State had to go to Maryland instead. So they they really do stay true. So technically, if it was a Duke, Virginia, Liberty, UNC, everybody would be going down. They would have done it. Schools. All right. Yeah. Well, shows what I know. Maybe that's why Caitlin didn't call me. We're going to keep <laughs> investigating why this happened. Um, so the four seeds, North Carolina is one. Northwestern is two. So they are opposite each other and could not meet until the national championship. Uh, Maryland is the other seeded team in North Carolina's half. They're the four seed. And Duke is the number three seed. They would meet Northwestern in the final four. So uh, we we agree with those four generally, right? Everybody's good with that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've got two playing games. Those will be Wednesday afternoon. Uh, one game in Chapel Hill. One game in Evanston on the banks of Lake Michigan. Um, where we drove not that long ago. That feels like a long time ago, doesn't it? It does. Um, So we'll start with the first one, and this is going to be Sacred Heart and William & Mary. We'll play Wednesday afternoon at 2 o'clock, and the winner of that will uh, get the Tar Heels on Friday. 
The other playing game is the California Golden Bears. They are 12 and 7. They'll play in Miami of Ohio with the winner to get Northwestern. Um, again, pretty straightforward. I think we knew they were, these were going to be the four teams uh, in, in this uh, part of the field. Can I make a quick comment, Andrew? Of course you can, Kirsten. Well, I just want to say that I do think that these these sort of like upsets in the conferences, so William & Mary, um, Cal, Sacred Heart, did a big favor to your American University Eagles, um, who have and- historically had to play in in these opening round games and has always been my belief that it you know, just kind of hurt their chances in – succeeding in the first round because of the travel and the lack of recovery. So those upsets did a big favor to AU. Um, And I don't know if Lowell would have won the America East, if it would have been the same story or, or even with Monmouth. Well, and you're, you're definitely right. Um, Monmouth is down at 29 with Cal. So Monmouth probably Monmouth was the the CAA champion as of today was going to be in a playing game, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Um, but what's interesting is in the final RPI, and granted, UMass Lowell in the sem- lost in the semifinals. Had they won their final two games, they'd be a little bit higher. But Old Dominion is 20, American is 21, and then Diet Massachusetts is 22. So, you know, who would have shaken out there into the play-in had uh, – uh, there been one less team had Cal, you know, had Cal not lost, uh, not beaten Lowell, for instance. Um, it's real curious with those three teams ending up one, two, three, all aligned in the RPI. Who would have been the next team sent to a play-in game? But we'll never know. It probably would have been Old Dominion, actually. Yeah, Old Dominion's in that realm. If you think about, I mean, UMass, it's total possible possibility that UMass Lowell and Albany would have met in the Americas Championship if Albany would have won. There's yeah. another chance that American would have had to be, been playing in an opening round game. Yeah, because Albany Albany is above American. Albany is 17. So yeah. um, and if I'm no. Old Dominion, I'm sending an edible arrangement to William and Mary and Sacred Heart. Yeah. <laughs> A nice healthy snack. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, the fog of war is, is just very stressful. Um, so that's the play-in. Uh, so let's get into the field. We'll start in Chapel Hill. So Wednesday afternoon, William Mary and Sacred Heart, and then the winner of that will play North Carolina at noon. That'll be followed by Kirsten, your Rutgers Scarlet Knights, no longer undefeated. They will be the home team against the Fighting Crimson of Harvard. Mm. What do we think? Anything we want to say about that? You know, I've been watching a lot of my records, uh, Scarlet Knights, playing the last couple weeks, and they're looking really fast and fit and crisp, we we might say, and aggressive. And I, it'll be an interesting game against they're Harvard. They're going to give fits to Harvard, I think. They, I think, I think they are, because uh, at, least, at least the Harvard we saw today against Princeton was not as dominant as they had, you know, as we had expected them to be given their record earlier in the season. Uh, so we'll we'll shift down to College Park, going down the bracket. We've got four teams there. Maryland will play the aforementioned Old Dominion Monarchs, and what'll surely be a battle. And then St. Joe's, who won the Atlantic Ten, we got to find out if the Hawk is traveling. Uh, St. Joe's will take not a on far Virginia. trip. They could tra- take the train down Philly to College Park. Are birds allowed on the train? That's a great question. I mean, I assume he has his own sort of like car he can affix to the Amtrak? You would think. 
I mean, I'll, I'll look into this. I, mean, I think we need to effort this information. <laughs> but, you know, we should see if we get the hawk as a guest. Oh, my gosh. Does the hawk speak? No. So what's the point, Andrew? Well, we could hear the flapping. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Do we want to say anything about these four teams besides the hawk? Becca, anything to add about I this think that's little, actually a hard group? I think that's a difficult site, actually. I, I think, think it's probably site. the hardest branch. Yeah, I'm going to go. And I also, when you think about the style, I think about the way ODU plays, the way UVA plays. I mean, there's a similarity in the way that they play. Even, you know, St. Joe's. And I think uh, Maryland's been climbing, as I think you two have been discussing for the last month. And there's an interesting, there's an interesting match between all, the way all four of them play. There's grit. They, they dive into it. It's a, it's a real, that's a hard one. And honestly, I mean, I'm curious to know too, if Hope Rose will be well enough to play on Friday. So she took a real hard shot to the knee on a corner this afternoon. Um, It was, it was flush. Yeah. Well, thank God she was wearing (laughs) that gigantic knee pad. Um, But yeah, so she was carried, not carried, but assisted off. Assisted. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, well, I think losing her would, would have an impact on the Terps. I, I hope we get Maryland and Virginia for the spot in the Final Four. I just think... An old ACC matchup. Well, that's right. And I hope... I, I just... That used to be such a good rivalry in every sport, and then Maryland pieced out to the Big Ten. So anytime that those two can match up, I think it's, you know, it's a border war. So that's it, always It is good. that. It is that. Uh, we'll move down to uh, lovely Durham, North Carolina, um, where the Blue Devils will take on American, the Patriot League champion. And then we have a matchup of two at largest. Liberty, who lost today, was upset by Old Dominion. And then Syracuse, the last team in, will take on the Flames following Duke and American at noon on Friday. Well, and we'll break this down more leading up to the games, but this is not the first time that Duke and American have met in the first round of the NCAA tournament. They're it always really well-matched. Pam Buston and Steve Jennings coach in a very similar style. Um, I think the thing that will be... What we'll, what we'll be watching is AU is a much younger team and Duke has a lot more... Um, they have a lot of veterans that they've been relying on. So I think that'll be the interesting thing to watch in that matchup. The thing about AU, though, is they're, I don't think they're a team anyone's going to want to play in this tournament because they have one of the f- three or four best goalkeepers in the tournament, and that can save you. You know, that can keep anyone in a game... Uh, no matter how, you know, you get outshot 15 by 15, 16, 16, 17, 18 shots, and the right goalkeeper can can keep it tight. Well, and I think Bryn um, Underwood likes, I mean, she's she's a gamer. She's a competitor, so I think she's going to really show up. She shows up for the big games. I think she kind of like feeds on that kind of the challenge and the energy. So I think you're right. Goalkeeping will be a factor. We don't want to say anything about Liberty and Syracuse. Becca, oh, were they ever in the Big East together, or did no, is, no, uh, Syracuse? No. Part Liberty of was in the Liberty Norpac. Was yeah, okay. Liberty was in the Norpac, but I do think you know Liberty. I love a, the Norpac, by the way. I'm sorry. I said what a throwback. I, the I, I think the Norpac is one of the great. I didn't know about it, and then I remember I learned about it, and I I know I interrupted you, but you know these things happen. I I thought it was fake. 
Like when it's like St. Louis and like these random Midwest teams, and then you had the four teams in California, and then you had the homeless teams on the East Coast. I thought the NORPAC was brilliant, and I wish they'd bring it back. Sorry, go back. It's to why, it's why it's, Andrew, it's why you love the America East. It's not that different. It's, <laughs> it's very over, similar. It's all over the place. I will say they did try to do a NORPAC last year. Again, they tried to bring it back in a different light. Similar schools. You add Queens in there, some different schools that they were talking to. But I do think for me, watching Liberty and Syracuse, completely different styles. But Liberty has the, one of the most fantastic goalkeepers um, to watch. And she's been fantastic for several many. I feel like she's 40 years old. I think we were joking about I was who's say, still she's 40. been with the team for a yeah, long time. I, She's in her 13th season. Yeah, it's probably along that line. So that'll be a very a matchup of two very different styles. Very different well, styles. shooters on Syracuse. I mean, like, Syracuse can be the hottest team in the country in one game, and then in the same light, you know, somewhere in the 40s or 50s. But like they are, Liberty is usually more in a consistent way. So it'll be interesting to see. I did I did not think they played well today. Liberty struggled today against Old Dominion. They just didn't feel like they were ever completely in the game in Old Dominion's corners. I mean, they scored on two of the exact same corners today against Liberty, and you never see that happen. So we'll see what that game looks like. It'll be interesting. So I'm sure Lynn Farquhar will be looking at those corners this well, evening in preparation. I'm sure, I'm sure Lynn already right has. now. <laughs> I, I just hope Syracuse went to church this morning if they want to have a shot. If they want the big man um, on their side. Right. Although they did get in as the last at large. So <laughs> they're living large. Um, okay. The last site is uh, Evanston, suburban Chicago, where we have California, Miami of Ohio uh, mixing it up uh, Wednesday afternoon at, it says three o'clock. I'm going to assume that's Eastern, although this is our only site in the central time zone. Um, so Cal and Miami on Wednesday, the winner gets the Wildcats. Uh, and then Iowa and Louisville, a little Midwest flavor, corn sweats in the other uh, matchup there. What do we think? I think it'll be a good game. Both all these teams have seen each other earlier in the season, I believe. So Miami went, traveled to Cal for their first game of the year and won 2-0. Um, so there's that. And then Louisville faced Iowa earlier in the in the month. So October 15th, they met and Louisville lost to Iowa 2-1. And this was on Iowa's. Oh, not that long streak. ago. On, yeah, and I think it was right after that that the Iowa sort of like hot streak ended. Um, Iowa, weren't they 11 and 0? So did they lose five? Yeah, and then they lost, seven? and then they lost Ohio State, beat Michigan State, yeah. lost Northwestern, and then beat Indiana and Louisville. So that was in the middle of their season where we kind of like had a bit of a shakeup. Their seesaw. Their seesaw. That was their seesaw era. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think what's fun is the California Northwestern, if it happens. You've got Bente, who just Ooh, broke whoa, the record Becca. not long ago and has a national championship at Northwestern and playing at her own old uh, stomping grounds. I mean, just for that pure fact, I would love to see that happen. I do think Miami probably gets that game, though. They're pretty, they know what they're okay. doing in these games. They've been doing it a lot, but that would be fun to see. Um, and I'm sure Tracy is not thinking that way. I, I know they have a good relationship, but I think that's just not the thing you want to be doing is playing against your grad student who was a star of yours for many years. So No, that, that's not fun for anybody. We got uh, also, you know, we got to talk about Cal uh, winning the championship and then dropping the mic on their way out of the America East. 
Oh, that's right. This they'll is go it. to the AC. They're going to the ACC. So they they dropped the mic and took the trophy. And hey, but what a way to enter the ACC that you're the champion of the conference you're leaving. I mean, that's that's stellar. Yeah, stellar. it's the best 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 case scenario for mm-hmm. Cal. I would disagree. The best case scenario is they win five more games. That's true. <laughs> Just you know what? Say. You're right. You're right, Andrew. <laughs> I mean, if we're really going best case scenario, they probably want to win five more. I think they'd settle for three more. I think they'd settle for two more. One more. Yeah, I think so. So um, anything else you want to talk about? I do want to say in, in other news, there was one other game today. Uh, James Madison slipped by Queens 14 zip. So just, I, you know, I didn't want to let, let that final go. I thought I was watching uh, Argentina versus Uruguay. Yeah, I was like, that's a Pan yeah. Am score if I've ever heard a Pan Am score. <laughs> yeah. So true. Uh, Argentina, by the way, winning both Pan Am men and women. So mm. shocker there since we talked about that last time. Um, anything else we want to talk about this field? Uh, you know, we talked about Syracuse versus Ohio State. Um, also just missing probably Boston College. You know, a good kick behind, if I may. Um, and and uh, eventually you've got UMass, Penn State, Albany. Uh, we're, we're the next teams out. You know, I think we need a field hockey NIT. I think we need eight teams okay. going at it. Yeah. So, okay. So I should say, this is the reason we brought Becca Maine onto the podcast. So recently retired head coach of Quinnipiac field hockey, but she was on the NCAA field hockey committee for the last four years, the national committee. Am I correct in that? Becca? Yeah. 2018 to 2021. Yeah. Okay. So you've been in the room. I've been in the room. So the room where it happens. And, well, the room has been virtual, but let's call it the room. <laughs> And so, okay, so how likely do you see the the field hockey NIT coming to fruition? I mean, the closest we used to have the ECAC tournament. I mean, we're talking oh, yeah. 15 years ago. That's throwing so it back. We, yeah. were, we were close. And then, you know, there's that wonderful debate if you go back, which I think it's actually very poignant these days. Do you go back when you think about the power fives and in general, if you went back to when there used to be a women's NAIAW, NIAW, Mm-hmm. and the NCAA. So that goes back into the early 80s, which I'm really dating myself now, but is is something that people are bringing back up. It's, it's an interesting topic. But I do think what's interesting about the room that we're talking about is how the NCAA, um, you know, obviously a lot of what's happening and why, why teams went to certain places has to do with cost and distance because what the committee does is they sit there and they go one through 18 in their perfect world, this is what it would look like. And then they stick it in the computer and the NCAA computer sticks it back out and says, who's over 400 miles, who can fly, least number of flights. And so it's always interesting on, as a committee to do all this work for literally nine hours in a two day, two and a half day span. And then a computer kind of just figures out the best way it'll fit money wise. <laughs> um, so our bracket isn't always as true as it should be. And I do know um, we tried to get past have eight the eight top eight be true. Um, almost passed. It's now in a pilot program with I think soccer and volleyball, and hoping that it's going to come through. That the uh, in the future you'll see the eight teams are preserved instead of four, which would be a really big step moving forward. So in that case, you know you'd have everyone at the right spot. Yeah. Well, let, let me ask you this. Four years on the committee, do you think the field is the right size for where the sport is? Should it go up or down? 
Do you like the play-ins? You know, because the the number of play-ins has varied a bit over the year. For a while there, there was just one. Mm -hmm. There were three or four, I feel like. one Was it three? There were so, three, yep. Yeah, is, is this the right size if you okay, were in the world? Yes, I'm only going to speak as myself, as Becca Main. We need to keep the opening round games, and I'm going to tell you why. Everybody needs something to play for. And I know I listened to Andy on your podcast from Cornell, and he talked about the change in the level of competition in the Ivy League because he said you lose your first two Ivy League games in the past, your season's done. But the change, and you can obviously see it in the Ivy League, if you get rid of those playing games, you're taking away an opportunity for not just the six team. Well, right now there's four, but if there were – three playing games, um, those six teams, but all of the conferences involved in that situation. So I think I'm a big, big fan of the opening round games. I would have the opportunity as a coach to play in three of them as an opening round. And we would never have gotten an at-large bid. We would never have gotten in without that being in one of the smaller conferences when we were in the MAC and the NEC kind of situation. Now being in the big East, obviously for Quinnipiac is a completely different place to be, but I'm a big fan of the opening round. It is, everybody wants to be playing for something. And the Division Three and Division Two athletes have the exact same feeling as the Division One athletes. They all want to be able to have that opportunity to be playing to get into their bracket and get into their tournament. It's why we are, it's why we enjoy the NCAA. This is the best part of the NCAA is that opportunity. In terms of size, uh, we were told we we have been pushing to try and get more teams in. Um, it has to do with the sponsorship and the number of sponsored teams. It's really hard to move that forward. We've seen ice hockey has moved it forward pretty well over the last. Last couple of years as more of a revenue sport, but we've been working really hard and we were told you're probably going to have to go back to, if we were to get two more spots, we'd have to go back to an opening round game. So we go back to the three opening round games to add our two more teams in. Now I haven't been in the room in the last year and a half, but it is something that we are actively pushing for at convention. It's something the coaches are actively pushing for, the, for their conferences. And also we see it at the NFHCA level too. Well, and I think it's, it's at least a really good, uh, change that those first round games are happening at the host sites because that's, that's, what, that's exactly what I was going to say. You get the experience of, of going to the site, you know, of going to Chapel Hill, of going to Evanston or, you know, wherever. Because, you know, I remember when we were at American, not that it wasn't fun, but, you know, I remember one year we played Lock Haven, nothing against Lock Haven, but playing Lock Haven at home at 11 o'clock in the morning on, on a, a Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. It just didn't feel like the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And, agreed. And so, it should. Like, it really should. Yeah. And we also did it. They also did it. This was the last thing we did when I was on the committee at Lynn Farquhar was on the committee at Syracuse too. It was one of the most important things that we wanted to add before we left for the reason. Also, it is really unhealthy for an athlete to try to fly somewhere on a, it was on a Tuesday. It used to be on a Tuesday too, on a Tuesday. Then you have to also on a Thursday. I mean, I remember the year Michigan state actually won the game on Tuesday won the game on Thursday or Friday, won the game on Saturday, whatever it was, and got all the way to the last game before going into the NCAA tournament. And they ended up playing like seven games when you counted the Big East in a nine-day span. It was crazy. So it's much healthier. It's also a much better experience. I was in that game too, Andrew. I played, my, Quinnipiac played actually American one year on a Tuesday at 11.30 in the afternoon or 12 in the afternoon. And yes, the athletes think it's great, but 
I remember seeing pictures of St. Joe's and some other teams at North Carolina last year, like in that first round. I can't remember who the other team was. It was in the first round at, old, at uh, North Carolina last year. But just watching their social media, it, it changes the entire level of that game. And it is the same as the tournament. I mean, the funding is the same. It's, it's no different. So I, I love that it's there, and I think it stays there. Um, it's the Rudy. It's the underdog. It's giving everybody that opportunity to just have that glimmer of, well, what if we did win the game? What if California did beat Northwestern and then California was playing Iowa? Like, you never know. That's, that's the beauty of it. I, I've got to say the heart in the final four. <laughs> so the other thing, and, and we can end this, but is, is the ca- you can't expand it that much because the calendar's tight. You want to have the final four when it is. I don't think you want it Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> I don't think it can be. I mean, so, so the season has to end when it ends. So, you know, you really only have two weekends to play this tournament unless – you know, you were to push the start up, which, and I don't even know if you could start any earlier because then you're having players report in July, you know? So I, I think that the only thing that it can expand to right now would be one or two more opening round games. You know, maybe there's one at every site, or like you said, there's three, um, but that that's about as far as this could probably go. And what do we, there's 78 teams. Oh, we did this the other week. 82. There's 82. Yeah. Queens finished. Queens and Mary Max finished without a win, by the way. So go go get them next year. Um, okay, so let's talk about a couple of things. So we're going to do a regular show uh, to come out Thursday that will have the play-in games finished, and we will preview the eight first-round games, right? That's right. And we, we, yep, we're calling it opening round. So we'll preview the first round games. Yeah. And then uh, we have a contest, which Kirsten will put the link out to shortly on the Twitter. And we will put it uh, in like the show description or whatever. I think we can yeah. do that. We'll figure Keep it out. Links in that. We'll figure it out. So, so join so us it, for our it, ballot, our bracket challenge. Our bracket, bracket challenge. It's going to be great. It's obviously free. Um, it's open until uh, Friday morning at 10 o'clock. So you can do it without the play-ins. You just forego those points. So that would be silly. Um, but please do it. The champion gets to come on the pod. Is that what we decided? That's right. We said five minutes on the pod. You, so, well, it's one of two things. They get five minutes on the pod or three days, two nights, all expense at your house. That's right. If you can get yourself <laughs> Illinois, all expense. And, and a VIP tour of the library. Uh, no. Sorry. <laughs> okay. No VIP tour. So we'll um, just settle for we, five we, minutes on the pod. We can do a VIP tour of Bullpen Strategy World Headquarters. <laughs> It'll take about two seconds. <laughs> yep. Um, okay. So that's what we got. We got the field. Um, we, it wasn't, there weren't too many surprises. And I guess I if you're Becca, so. you, if you, you know what you're talking about, there were no surprises. Becca wasn't surprised at all. <laughs> no. She batted a thousand. She really did. Thank you. I hope I learned something in four years. I like to do it for my friends too. My friends in the coaching world will call and be like, Hey, do you think we're going to get in? I'm like, let me run the numbers. It makes me sound so much like an accountant, but that's what I'll do. Do you, do you burst a lot of bubbles? (laughs) Literally. I hate to break this to you, but. (laughs) So tell Ohio state, your bubble is going to burst at about 10 o'clock tonight. Oh, yoy. (laughs) 
All right. Well, man, this is the best time of the year. I'm exhilarated. I'm pumped. You know, you look I, it. I, I am. Um, you know, I used to work in an office at Penn State of people who didn't know anything about field hockey or not sports people, but they got into the bracket and we called it November nuttiness. We even made a little logo. I loved it. So maybe is this our November nuttiness bracket, Andrew? Sure, although I've already named it something else. Okay, well, maybe next year. We'll workshop it, see how it goes. I think it's like the pitch session bracket challenge. We'll leave it at that. That's fine. Descriptive. Oh, no, 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 no. The pitch session bracket spectacular. (laughs) I love it. It's great. So please join the pitch session bracket spectacular. Thank you for joining us on this emergency pod after selection show Sunday. That's hard to say. Um, Becca Maine, thanks for joining well. us. Thank you. I practice my elocution before I get on the mic. Do you do, you do like a, uh, what do you unique do? New York? Yeah, that, that, that yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You got to do it for the fans. Are we going to get a guest for Wednesday? For, for Wednesday? Who do you think we should bring on, Becca? Who do I actually think about this a lot? And I actually, you know who I think you should bring on? Tell us. Ooh. And I say Missy because I think she would come on. I think she would do it. Like, I think if you called her, she would do it in a second. And you would, you would love it, Andrew. I think that's one I would do. But I also think she's a living legend. She is. And I think Shelly Onstead at California. Ooh, another yeah. good one. Another that's good a good one. one. Yeah. She would do it in a second. Um, yeah. I Shelly's think a good pick. Too. Yeah. We have many good choices. We'll have to see what's up with their schedules. They're going to be busy this week. It's so. going to be tough. Yeah. We'll take, maybe we get someone whose uh, season has come to a close. Mm, interesting. Oh, you want to call Jared Martin? You think he's just going to, you know, crawl into a hole or is he going to want to talk to us? Um, Jared is like the greatest human on this planet. So I have a feeling he might, but I don't, I think since he said, he's he's such a good human. You shouldn't ask him. Yeah. Let's give him some space. Yeah. Maybe in the off season. Yes. I guess that means I'm playing for second best human. Yeah. I mean, you can't compare. All right. All right. It's been great. It has Becca. Thanks for joining us. Andrew. Have a lovely evening. As always, as always, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.